Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is India. I'll be your host for today and every following episode, I hope. Um, welcome. I'm glad that you clicked on this, however, that came about because it probably didn't come about very easily. <laughs> um, my name's India, like I said. I'm 22 years old, and today is my 22nd birthday. I have been thinking about podcasting for about four or five years now, and I think today is the day that I just fucking send it and say, hey, no one's going to listen to it anyway, so just do it. Why are you so scared? Um, And I am. I'm very scared because... um, This is something that takes a lot of effort and takes a lot of knowledge. And some of my greatest guides in all of my life have been just a voice on a podcast. And so I take this uh, very seriously, although it doesn't sound like it. Um, I think this first episode, I'll just say a little bit about myself and who I am and why I'm here trying to do this this talking at my computer thing. Um, I'm from Wisconsin originally. That's where I was born. And I was the, I still am, I'm the oldest of eight kids. And we all lived on a farm. We had no electricity or running water. We lived just like the Amish people, or if you're not from the Midwest, uh, just like Little House on the Prairie, if you remember that television show in your early childhood memories. Just like that, kind of. Um, The long dresses. Just kidding. No, there wasn't any long dresses. But there was a lot of milking the cows and um, gathering eggs into a basket, let's say. Um, And my life growing up was not what most people had. And it's not what most people wanted, to be fair. Um, My parents were, you know, not well off. They gave us what they could, and the rest came from the state. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. Um, As I think early on in my childhood, I had this, like, hunger to become something. Like, I always had this... I always, like, truly believed in my heart that, like, I would become a fucking superstar I would win x-factor I would tell people that shit I'd be like yes I'm gonna go on the x-factor and I'm going to win it I don't know I just think that's what's gonna happen I'd be like oh that's that's really cool that's really cool India um what the fuck is she talking about and you know kids are allowed to have those sort of like crazy dreams that aren't really questioned but as I got older and I was like, you know, 14, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on the X Factor. And I was like counting on the days. I'm like, okay, if I'm past 15, they're not going to really think that I'm that impressive because I'm talented, but I'm 16. But if I'm talented and I'm 15, now that's really going to blow their fucking socks off. And so I had like this agenda, you know. And as I like grew and like became more of an adult, you know, that dream kind of fell away but was replaced by other dreams. I always knew I was going to be, like, famous, and, like, I would have paparazzi, and I would, like, you know, I had, like, this whole imaginary world in my head where I would be 
something great, not a farm girl who, like, walks into the grocery store and, like, asks them if they have, like, garbage leftovers that we can feed our pigs. Because <laughs> that was the reality. That was the real reality of what was actually happening in my life day to day. So I grew up kind of rough and tumble. Um, I was homeschooled, so that helped socially a lot. Um, and finally in high school, I was allowed by my parents because the school my parents wanted me to go to was a private school and they couldn't afford it. As I said before, they were poor as fuck. They couldn't afford it. And so I had to wait until high school and I had to go through driver's ed and then buy a car. Well, first get a job that my parents had to drop me off at because they didn't have a car yet. And then I had to go through driver's ed. It's actually fucking ridiculous. I had to make a pie business at the age of 12, right? I made a pie business. Illegal, right? Because you have to do a lot of shit to actually make a pie business. But I sold hella pies to people because I was good at that for some reason. And from that money that I saved, the $400, I took that when I was 15, paid for my uh, driver's ad, and then got a job during that same time. And then as soon as I got my permit, I got a car, bought my first car. And then after that, I I was able to work my way up to a different job where they paid a little bit more. And then at that point, I was able to um, pay my way through the school I actually wanted to go to, which was a public Waldorf school. If anyone's ever heard of Waldorf It's this really fucking weird way to teach your kids where you actually don't ask them to do anything and just hope that they do it. (laughs) Um, Luckily, I was paying out of pocket, my 16-year-old pocket. So um, I did the work. I wanted to learn. Um, And so that was kind of my upbringing. I was very much... um, Very much identified with this like really hardworking, like very industrious young woman where, you know, the greatest compliment you could give me is like, wow, you are at the co-op a lot, (laughs) which was the place that I worked. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm at the co-op a lot. I gotta pay my way through school. You know, I was very like, I had this very hard exterior of like, I am the most hardworking person in my age range that I know. And that was kind of my claim to fame and kind of what started off my journey of like, or continued my journey of thinking that like I would work my way to the top, (laughs) which I didn't even fucking know what that meant. Work my way to the top, the top of what? I don't know. The X factor, I guess. Um, so I graduated high school, uh, And during that senior year, I had tried to, or I had applied to like four or five different colleges, but my heart really wasn't in it. And I got rejected from all of them, right? Because I um, applied to colleges like Purdue (laughs) from a Waldorf school. We don't have a transcript. We don't get a transcript. There's um, little portfolios that each teacher writes. We don't have a GPA. So it's more like there's less numbers and more like feelings and like color coded um, (laughs) 
color-coded emotion boxes that you feel like when you see those like TikTokers like today I'm feeling yellow that's kind of how my transcript looked as an 18 year old graduating uh, high school so it was hard to find a school that um, would accept that type of transcript why did I do that to myself it's hard to say um but so I took a year off. I took a gap year, and that's really what I wanted to do anyway. I wasn't ready for college. And during that gap year, I went to Africa, moved there. Um, I moved to Uganda, which is on the eastern side of the continent, um, right by Kenya, and um, at the source of the Nile. So... I was living out my mythological um, fairy tale at the very least. Um, it was not a great experience, but it was something that uh, really challenged me, and that was that was good for that point in my life. Um, during this time, I had also been broken up with by my boyfriend. He said, oh, you're going to Africa? I said, yeah, but it's only for, you know, X, Y, Z amount of time. He was like, yo, I'm not going to get ahead for eight months. Yeah, that shit's not going to fly, sweetie. Broke up with me. Um, so, yeah, I was a emotional wreck for the entire time that I lived in Africa. Um, and that's kind of the same time that I got introduced to podcasts and um, I was listening to a lot of Ed Milet and The Skinny Confidential which um, is kind of comical to me because that's so far outside of my personality at this point that I can't imagine myself putting in my headphones and being like all right The Skinny Confidential hit that fucking play button and let's talk about skin cream but I was into it it was good for me it was it was the guidance that I needed at that time that I wasn't getting from anybody else and I think that's where my initial love for this sort of platform came to be. Because a lot of the time in my life, the guides that I was supposed to look up to were not good. They were not good guides. And, you know, I think most kids have this built-in guidance system where... They have their parents and their grandparents that have gone through the same trials and tribulations that they have, and they have some advice to give them and some sort of guidance and, you know, maybe a little bit of money or whatever. I didn't have that ever. All of my friends were drug addicted and um, pretty manipulative, and then when it came to my parents, they barely graduated high school, so they had zero input whatsoever on how I was supposed to launch into this second part of life as a young adult. Um, you know, God bless them. I, they taught me so much, but in this particular department where I was like, I need help understanding how to be a person in the world. And they're like, well, when I was your age, I had two kids. And it's like, well, okay. I don't really want to be necessarily in that spot. So I'm maybe not going to ask you for advice. And financially, you know, they were nowhere to be found. So I think the podcasting platform gave me something that 
I really couldn't find anywhere else. And I think that's what it is for a lot of people. Um, and so after I had this year in Uganda, I went back home. Um, and at that time, that ex-boyfriend that had broken up with me because um, of no head for six months um, came crawling back. And, you know, I had this moment of being like, you know what? On the Skinny Confidential, they told me to not let a fucking idiot back into your life just because you're better now than where you were when they left you. And so I was like, snapped my fingers, you know, and I was like, fuck you, okay? I'm not taking it back. And um, he's still in love with me, so I think that's good to know, and that kind of revitalized my inspiration that becoming a better person actually does have an advantage besides just being, like, an asshole on Instagram. But I think during this time... I had finally become ready to experience college and to pursue this higher education that everyone said was so fucking important. Which, you know what, I shouldn't be sarcastic because a lot of the time it is important. To me, it hasn't proven so, but, you know, fucking whatever. So I applied to this college, this liberal arts college, and I had uh, my friend's mom help me with the letters of recommendation and things like that, that I didn't really have any idea, like, what to do with. Because, like I said, my parents virtually had zero information on the matter. And so I kind of put all my eggs in one basket. I applied to this one school. And I actually applied to two. I applied to two schools, both highly out of my price range. But I just had this feeling like, it's going to work out and it's supposed to work out and it will if it's supposed to. And so I got into both colleges um, and the one college gave me um, essentially a full ride. So I took that option and it was in Indiana, Earlham College it's called. Um, I do not recommend it whatsoever. I'll probably regret saying that, but hey, it is the absolute truth. Unless you're like a really weird theater kid I wouldn't go there. Um, and, you know, Indiana. It's um, a great place for growing corn, if you're interested in that. And so I kind of, you know, had this idea, like, I've grown up in Wisconsin my whole life. Um, Indiana can't be that bad, I hope. Um, and so I got there. I got there early, actually, and I went on I month-long expedition into the Winter Mountains that they said was um, beginner-friendly, and the very first day we were strapped into 80-pound packs, and then we virtually hiked from one side of the state park to the other side of the state park, summiting, you know, two to three mountains every single day. Um, so read the fine print is what I'm trying to say in this situation. Um, but yeah, I got to the college, and it was exactly what you expected out of the absolute armpit of America. It was really small. Um, there was a lot of people that I didn't agree with and I didn't 
you know, find any sort of kinship with. I made probably two friends, and I wasn't even there for a full year. It was horrible, and I was, you know, deeply, deeply depressed and just wishing something would happen where it would be able to take me away into some other realm where I didn't have to experience this fucking bullshit. Um, so then second semester rolls around. It, it seriously felt like I was there for like four years and I wasn't even, I was there for one semester and then it was what, at the end of February that COVID lockdown happened. So I was in school for essentially five months and it was the longest five months of my entire life. So I got sent home back to Wisconsin, you know, I was like, this is God telling me that, like, I'm not meant to be here because he just saved me from, um, killing myself. I don't know. I really didn't want to be there. So when that happened, you know, COVID is very political at this point, but I was jumping for joy. I was so excited. And I went back home to Wisconsin and proceeded to be in lockdown with my family of 10, is it 10? Yeah, my family of 10 for the next six months. Um, and at the end of those six months, I took a road trip with my friends, even though all our parents were freaking out. I was like, you can't take a road trip, it's COVID, blah, blah, blah. Um, we took it anyway, because we are adults and we can make our own decisions. And during the end of that road trip, I was invited by one of my friends who lives in L.A. to come live out with her in L.A. You know, I've been feeling this rustling of, like, how am I going to change my life to be better while during this pandemic and I have a lot of freedom, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, that sounds you know, like, this is maybe a path meant for me if it's falling this easily into my lap, blah, blah, blah. But I had this, like, feeling about it the whole time. I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I kind of have reservations. Um, but anyway, nearing the end of the summer, I'm, like, pretty much committing to this whole LA thing. I'm going to potentially do some modeling stay in a house with girls who already do modeling and I was feeling just real iffy about the whole situation and then this girl from my hometown put out a post on Facebook as one does and said hey I'm moving back to Hawaii I'm gonna need a roommate and I said hey wouldn't it be funny if I message this girl and move to Hawaii. That'd be funny. And I remember the moment, like, messaging her, like, very clearly. And I was like, you know, LOL. This, this is funny. It's not going to happen. But wouldn't it be cool if it did? And right away she got back to me. She said, I think out of the people that texted me, which, you know, could have been none. But I hope just for my main character, um, my main character development, that um, there was, like, a bunch of other contenders and I was picked because I'm very unique and charismatic or something like that. And she said, hey, why don't you come and live with me? 
I said, cool, maybe for a month, I don't know. And then my best friend Clara was like, hey, I kind of want to go too. And I was like, hey, you have room for another person? She said, you know what? Actually, I do. And I just felt really positive about the situation and super good about how easily things were coming together. And, you know, the girl, she said, buy your plane ticket and just start there. Like, once that's committed, if things start falling into place easily, then I think this is meant to be and it's supposed to be easy and it's supposed to be simple. And so we did it. We bought our plane ticket right away. I had zero reservations about the entire thing. And after we bought the plane ticket, um, within a month we had moved and we landed down in beautiful Hawaii. And that was kind of the start of this second round of um, what I like to call self-preservation. <laughs> um, the second round of needing a lot of different guides in my life and looking up to these people that I found online and um, just how that sort of shaped me this past year. And I think that is why, or I guess that's kind of the catalyst that brought me to this point where I've been really thinking about recording something and really wondering, like, if I could do that, if that was something that, I don't know, would fit with me and would uh, be well paired with um, my charisma and my stamina to talk to myself for an hour. <laughs> but... I think what really pushed me in this last year to really pursue this is um, just a lot of different changes happening. And this moving to Hawaii was the biggest change. Um, back in Wisconsin, I was friends with, as you might imagine, a lot of drug addicts, a lot of people that found their only joy in um, the weekends. And that was the same kind of thing in college where there was nothing that anybody wanted to do more than to go out and party on the weekend and you know I enjoy party just as much as the next person I'm a super social human being but it felt just so overdone at that point it felt like okay you're gonna go to this same exact fucking party that you've been going to every re weekend since the start of school and what you're gonna hope you find someone you've never met before on our campus of 900 students and you're going to find like your true love or like your next best friend or someone who just matches you unequivocally, unequivocally better than anybody else. So I was kind of sick of that. And I moved here and I started finding all these people that were so inspirational to me and so just like you know otherworldly in the sense that like they knew what they wanted and that was something that I never experienced before in a peer it was like you know kind of having this moment of like where did you come from and how did you find the inspiration to be who you actually wanted to be and I think that is what really pushed me the most this past year. 
a lot of the time when I was in that mindset in high school in Wisconsin where I just thought I had to work the hardest and be the strongest and be the most determined and, you know, never let anything get in the way of this incredibly industrious um, identity that I held very close to my heart. And I came here and I, I started saying shit like, maybe I'll learn how to longboard or maybe I'll learn how to surf. And there was like these certain aspects of life that like were really calling to me in a way that they had before. And, you know, I was like, maybe I'll start to journal every day and maybe I'll start to read 10 pages of a book every day. And maybe I'll start listening to more podcasts. And that was a thing in college that I kept pushing myself for. I was like, listen to a podcast, India. That'll help you. That'll inspire you. Blah, blah, blah. Because that had always worked before in the past. But I just had no inspiration to want to do that. I had no reason to be inspired because there was nothing to look forward to. Which is, you know, not a great headspace to be in. And so I got here and I became introduced to a life where people really, really love the things that they're able to do and the things that they give themselves time to do. And I think they, this is my theory at least, I think, you know, they find these things that they love so much in a place that's so amazing like this and so far removed from the, you know, really capitalist really like fucking tech bro personality that the mainland has and so I think that people have all this time to figure out these amazing hobbies that they want to do and that they love doing and then they're like okay how do I do this for the rest of my life and that's kind of the realization that I had while living here, where I thought, you know, oh, I'm, I want to start longboarding. And so I started longboarding. I just did it because I had this time and I had this, like, really open-armed community that was like, yeah, fucking do it. Everybody does it. And it's so normalized that I was like, okay, fine, I'm just going to do it. And for the first time in my life, I kind of shed this skin of, like, my identity is working um 80 hours a week at a fucking restaurant like hey guess what I don't think the restaurant needs you to work 80 hours a week I don't think that you're changing anybody's life besides someone who wants to go eat fucking poke straight off the plane so I think you can take some time for yourself I started longboarding and then you know I was like surfing is really really calling to me and I would, you know, drive past the beaches and see the people surfing and seriously, like, pulled out, like, my chest a little bit. And I was like, I need to be out there. I need to know how to do that. And so I started surfing. And I just became completely enamored by these different hobbies that I'd never experienced, that I'd never let myself experience, and that I never knew could be an actual way to value my time. In the past, every single time I enjoyed something, I associated it with a negative connotation because all the things that I enjoyed were negative. They were, you know, doing drugs, they were drinking, they were um, 
you know, just a bunch of aspects of life that are shitty when you're in a place that's amazing like this, but um, will get you through when you're in a place that there's nothing else that you want to live for besides, you know, feeling good once in a while. So I think that has has been the base inspiration and in actually getting on here and telling my little story and what I hope to be what I hope comes to fruition and becomes um, this amazing platform that it could be. So I think I've I think I've been sad enough in my life that I have um, quite a few tricks up my sleeve as how not to feel sad all the time and just feel sad some of the time. And so I just want to thank you guys, first of all, for listening to this shit for fucking 30 minutes. And I really, really hope that you guys could kind of get a glimpse into who I am and who I'm trying to become and hopefully see you on the next episode. And yeah. I love you guys, whoever whoever it is that clicked on this shit. That's very sweet of you. That's very fucking sweet of you, and I really appreciate it. So, until next time, see you later.